返して。And welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. Kenny, just with a new variation on the intro there. Tuesday, the 12th of July here. And if you weren't listening just then, I'm, believe it or not, I am joined by Christopher Keane. How are you? I'm definitely here and I can hear you now. I couldn't hear anything, believe it or not. It's a bit like my、uh, Hod sign off. And speaking of the great man, Hod, we missed him last week, ladies and gents, but. I see him in my little bottom left hand corner, and Mayor, if you're listening, he could be in your top right hand corner. But Hod, welcome back, mate. Good to be back, boys. And Kenny, you can't hear shit because you got big earmuffs on. Take them off for the pod. <laughs>、um, but no, very, very good to be back. I actually enjoyed it last week.、Uh, does get a bit stale with you two from time to time, but Manny did juice it up a little bit. <laughs> I thought he was.、Uh, A very, very credible participant.、Um, a lot he brought to the table, enjoyed it. It's one thing that we'll never lack on a podcast with Manny, and that is just filling time. The bloke could talk underwater.、Um, absolutely good to have you back on, though, mate. I agree. Just hearing these two voices back and forth is not an exciting experience for the listeners. We need a bit of that oomph that Hod brings to the table. And. I will tease it out a little bit、Ooh. and say that,、uh, that the guests that we've got on this week might also bring their fair share of oomph. But、uh, before we get to that, I think it's time to kick off with a bit of news. Every newsman in this city is laughing at us, and I don't like it. All right, and probably the biggest bit of news this week was a quarterback that injected himself into a bit of a certain situation. And of course, I could be talking none other than Baker Mayfield being traded to Carolina for a conditional fifth round pick.、Um, there you go, former number one overall pick being traded for pretty much nothing. What seems like Carolina taking on more of a salary situation than anything else.、Um, what a. A bit of your thoughts on this trade here, boys? Well, I think it's,、uh, it's actually a fitting trade for the two of us, isn't it, Kenny? Because we have touched on this previously、uh, the thought behind you acquiring Baker.、Uh, so I'm sure you'll get to that in a second. But it also affected me a little bit. I may have grabbed the young fella there, Matt Carell, and、um, obviously Sam Darnold was leading the charge at one point, which. We all know he's not much of a charge.、Uh, so, this、uh, is an interesting one. I think, my point of view,、uh, they are just throwing as many dartboards at this position as they can. Matt Rule's sort of coaching for his career. I think it's a good move for them. They're only paying $5 million. So, it may put my young stock on the bench for a year, but I'm not too sure it changes much from next year moving forward. Kenny, what do you think as the owner? Of Baker.、Uh, yeah, pretty good landing spot, I think. I was hopeful he'd get to Carolina. There's not too many others really that he could get to.、Uh, interesting, it's a one year sort of prove it deal with Carolina. So it's only one year. I think, as you said, I think they're only paying $5 million. So for me, I agree with you in terms of Corral is still in the mix for next year, but clearly they've looked at Darnold and thought there's no way we can play this year with Darnold. So otherwise, they wouldn't have bothered bringing Baker in. So I think Baker's clearly the starter. The talk that there's competition for a starting position is ludicrous for mine because why would you bring him in full stop? Like, you just wouldn't bother.、No. Um, so, 
like I think he plays for them this year. We'll see how he goes. And for him, it's more about earning a second contract or another contract next year. So um, I think it's a good result for me personally. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what what other offense would you like to be in as a prove-it year? You've got well, uh, some pretty talented running backs, receivers there to, um, and I think a fairly good offensive line or an improving one. So mm. uh, it's a good spot for him. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, the other one's Seattle, I guess, but and I suppose you could have made that argument about Darnold last year, like goes to a great situation in Carolina. Uh, McCaffrey, dump-off pass, could go go the distance. Obviously, McCaffrey was a bit injured last year, so maybe he stays a bit more healthy, but I tend to agree it's not a bad landing spot. I think I saw something that it is the first time since 1940 or some bullshit like that that the number one and the number three overall pick from the same draft uh, are on the same team. Yeah. Or in the same position, whatever it was. But it is a bit fucking ludicrous to think that uh, the top two QBs of the same draft are both on prove-it deals at the same team. That is a bit of a fall from grace there. Um, the other bit of news this week was another QB that also inserted himself into a situation that he's referring to, Zachy Wilson. A um, bit of a theme here that both relates to the DFF quarterbacks, Keeney. It does, and we're fortunate tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the Cougar correspondent on with us, Hod. Uh, he's done some lovely work in this space previously, I think. So I think we just it's appropriate to cross to uh, Hod. He's been doing extensive research for this piece. Jeez, ah. oh, you, you've stumped me there. I was not expecting that. Um, yeah, look, experience is great. Uh, and Zach Wilson... Um, Look, I think he's a young young pup and he's obviously gone out to get some experience and I think it'll do him the world of good. Um, I haven't really got too much more to say. I'm pretty shocked by that, Katie. <laughs> for, uh, for anyone not familiar with what we're referring to there, and that's a bit of uh, Twitter space news about Zach Wilson, um, and it may involve his mother's best friend and uh, in... Yeah, getting acquainted with her, so to speak. So, interesting situation. Um, <laughs> I don't really know what else we can add to it other than... Seriously, gents, if you go to Twitter, I'm a big Twitter fan, just type Zach Wilson in and the the amount of funny people on Twitter, it's through the roof. Like, you could spend hours just looking at the creative ways people oh. have come up with some fucking shit. It's the have, best. Have you got any there, Keenan? I do, but it's more of a visual medium, so it's not great for a podcast. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Oh, there are some good... I'm not in the Twitter sphere, so well, I'm intrigued. There's some good memes, or as my former boss called them, memes. Memes. Um, yeah, well, well, on that note, we'll move on to uh, just a bit of a recap from last week's podcast. We did say at the top of the show, we did have a third voice on the podcast, and that was the Sensible Haircuts GM... Uh, coming on and uh, having his fair share of input, not only about his own team, but about uh, other teams. Very vocal about uh, Jim's team and where he's taking that, the direction he's heading. Very vocal about your division, Hod. So just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what were some of the highlights from listening back to last week's episode. Oh, there were a lot of highlights. I, I had a very good chuckle uh, driving wherever I was. I was on a long trip somewhere and tucked into the pod and geez man he can talk I tell you what but he has some material there was some funny stuff on Camo that the 
quote overdose on some sort of substance really got to me. I just just <laughs> imagine pleasure, salute Larry, bloody having a real good time. And uh, and then when he was throwing some shade at the the happiness stack, I, I didn't mind that at all. I know it's a a big topic in this league, but one of the other quotes of the pod, I thought, and it may be relevant. Maybe we can tie this into Zach Wilson. In, but loose lips do sink ships. I thought that was quality material. Now, that, though, boys, is the good. And that's where the good ends. Because driving along, hearing that Nimrod talk down on the Sunny Weaver Junior Division like it is a poor excuse of a man or however you want to call it, but I don't really understand how he can do that when it's it's an indictment on the league when he is lauded by himself. <laughs> he spent 40 minutes going round and round in different ways how he's God's gift on his quest for the number one pick. So how good can you be when you're bloody going for the number one pick? That's what I want to understand. But I also want to end this little tangent is it tangent rant, rant maybe <laughs> rant. uh that i i am willing to, was there a little bet thrown around oh uh, it was too it was bit yeah of a well i'm bet. on that bet i'm not a gambling man but i can't help myself with this uh just run me by what it was again yeah so from my recollection it was manny was saying the second place team in his division and i the think he was pointing Bo to jake Callahan. but he did say the second placed uh, league member of the Bo Callahan division would beat anybody in the Sunny Weaver Junior division. So that was the bet. So yep. whoever finishes second, you've got you've got your choice of four teams there, Hod, to finish above that player. I think it's a great bet. Are you, are you officially in for a wine bet here? You can call it official. Now, I was a fan of Leisure Suit Larry back in the day, and boy, wow, where am I a bit bigger fan going into this season because that's my pick. What Leisure are, uh, Larry... Uh, there, there's a couple even. I'll, I'll throw the I'll throw Jim into the ring. I'll throw the DFF. Who would have re read about that? But I'm definitely picking Camo to just clarify what I'm getting myself into here. Camo's my pick to finish better than the second placed, and doesn't matter who it is in that division. Yeah, but it doesn't matter who you have either. It can be anyone in your division. That was the bet. Oh, did just you just? Just cheer on the DFF. Yeah, I know. I may have given him a little healthy whack, yeah. Sounded a bit Mike Brady-esque. Go, DFF! I wonder if there'll be any collusion off the back of this wine bet. I just hope there isn't. Well, no, nah, it's, it's, it's only a bottle of wine. If we want to up the stakes, maybe we'll up the collusion, but we'll <laughs> leave it at that for now. All right, plenty, plenty to digest there from... Old uh, podcast rant. Uh, it was a it was a nice little peppering at the start, and then he just went whack. Nice little tangent. I like it. Go, Kenny. Yeah, good rangent. But rangent. speaking, I, I was just <laughs> doubling back onto the uh, happiness stack and that theory in life, which I liked. Man, he gets very philosophical every now and then. But boy, oh boy, Zach Wilson, you reckon he's gone for a happiness stack over the last couple of years? <laughs> boy, oh boy, wowie. <laughs> oh. Now, I know, uh, I'll just throw this last one. Now, there, there is a lady that's spoken about a fair bit on this podcast and in this league, and that is Manny's mum. But as long as Zach Wilson <laughs> hasn't gone near her, we're all good. 
<laughs> on that note, uh, oh. we are going to kick it off with another team review and we uh, we like to tease these out a little bit. And this bloke on, um, he's got a fair bit of a mouth on him, it's fair to say. He loves to, to share his opinion, loves to have a chat and... Uh, and share his extensive thoughts on all things to do with this league. This bloke had a fair bit to do with the first season of the inaugural EDL and uh, was very successful at the pointy end of the season, if you will. And uh, I've just got a song here that might surmise this bloke's team. So see if uh, one of you are able to pick up on what it could be. And on that forever young note, which is also surprisingly the song that Zach Wilson's mum's friend sung one night, <laughs> we are joined by the GM of the Pappas Punishers. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me, mate. How are we all? Oh, we're excellent. Who's that, who's that in the bottom right corner? Is that is that a host? Brody Hoddick that's joined this, this week? Welcome, mate. Welcome. It does look like a nun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. It's another good visual gag for all the listeners out there. Uh, even Zachy Wilson would have a chance, though, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so welcome onto the pod, mate. Forever Young is uh, very fitting of your list at the moment because you used to cop a bit of a whack your list for uh, being the old faux retirement home, old Papa's. What was it, Papa Springs? Papa Springs. Uh, but there's been a bit of a shift, and we'll get into that with your list. But before we get into it, uh, we did speak about last week's podcast. Have you got any thoughts on on last week's or the last couple of podcasts? Yeah, I did. When did Manny get into Greek methodology? <laughs> I think he changed his name to Con Tradicting Maniopolis. <laughs> hey! Seriously. So bad. Seriously, Maniopolis. I think you need to go back to sucking on your mother's teeth and start listening to her advice again, mate. You've lost your way. <laughs> Seriously, now, mate. Where, where was he going? Before you go on there, um, one of our hosts here, the good old Christopher Keane, has nicknamed himself for this podcast, Zach Wilson, and he's a little hot under the collar when you've just brought up the teats. Can we get him off mute? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, he was uh, all over the place, wasn't he? But um, if I could just give a quick shout-out to uh, to Stefan, the DFF himself. He had his wisdom take it, taken out this week. Who would have thought he could lose any more wisdom, that guy? But uh, I don't know what he was thinking. But uh, he, he, Here's a funny one for you, boys. That's a ripper. Yeah, here's a funny one, though. He told Blake during the week, one of our mates, that he had an oral procedure done. I think he was mistaken going back to the dent was going to the dentist to give him BJ oral exams at the back of the green room at Salesian. Oh, Struth. What went on at Salesian? Yeah, who knows, mate? Ask Stefan. He was out there in the back. Steph's copped it for no reason. Yep. But uh, boys, um, I've just had something come through here on my phone. I've got some breaking news I need to announce. My phone has just lit up. 
have it on good authority that two San Diego Demons players have been caught brawling against each other at a local French restaurant. <laughs> Not bad. Oh, 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 hold the second, boys. No, no, no. It was just the Melbourne Demons players. I've got this one terribly wrong. Sorry, Camo. The happy tissues. Can I can I just interrupt you? <clears throat> Has, um, again, for people at home, they can't see. The, this guy has never been happier with his own work. He's extremely he happy. He is so, so happy. Keep Get going. out of my way, Keeney. I've got more. Keep going. <laughs> but no, I just wanted to say, I obviously just want to say, thanks to Scoop for putting on a great draft night. He's a, he's a pretty good host, isn't he? He can put on a good night. Sure can. Yeah, he's, uh, some would say, the gift, the gift that keeps on giving. Just ask him. You land over draft picks in trade just for fun. Anyone want a second rounder? Well, he's even working the room that he's in with no one in it. Yep. He's yep. asking the wall. <laughs> and a big a big welcome, boys. A big welcome to the new member of the Empire Dynasty League pro- podcast, Hadrian Prest. Presty himself. Oh, wait, no, that's Jake. Sorry, mate. I get them confused. They just offer about the same in either league. Oh, oh that's a real niche gag right there. Yeah. <laughs> Super niche, but I appreciate it. Now, on, you might be whacking Hadrian while he's not here but to defend himself, but the only similarity between those two, Papa, is they've both won rings, and that's something you haven't done. Ooh. That is true, but they both offer absolutely nothing to the league. So um, he can get stuff, Jake. Now, what material have you got there, mate? You look like you've got a few. Yeah, continue got, the stand-up comedy routine that you've come I've on the podcast. I've got a good one here, boys. <laughs> I've got a good one. I've got a question for you, though, boys. Oh, please go. I pose this question. Which manager, so team owner, has a player on their team that most resembles the owner? Any ideas? So the DFF with uh, Zachy Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. I've uh, I've uh, gone to the the uh, the well. No, no, no. I've got to get go. Maybe uh, Keeney because he can cook up a sweet pea and a half, and he's always in the kitchen. Maybe Dalvin Cook. <laughs> oh, that's not what I was thinking there, Hoddick. Always charges uh... hanging over my head, which is fortunate. Well, funny you bring up charges. I've gone with Brody Hoddick and Deshaun Watson. Oh, Both no. absolute sex pests. <laughs> Is there any wonder Brody targeted him as soon as the first allegations emerged? Hoddick was straight into drafting him. Anyone yeah. say to remember him? He, he actually it? thought if you trade for Deshaun, you, you get a finger up the bum too. That's a little two-for-one package. <laughs> oh, a bit of little this, bit of little that, hey? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, no, this is not really a bait, this one. This one, I'll finish it off here, boys. I'll have my fun. Congratulations to Thais, obviously. I haven't been on the pod since he won it. Well done, Thais. But uh, has anyone heard from Thais lately? I think he's left his handbag and mascara at Scoots. Anyone seen it? He's given up drinking after that night. Lift, Thais. Fuck's sake. Well, we will forever have evidence of that night. Thankfully, Ben brought his uh, podcast gear over, so <laughs> it's one of the greatest audio bites of all time. Oh, fuck. I missed my opportunity there. Where is it? Been the bed, Ben. <laughs> have, I, uh, have I just picked up that you two are in the same house? Who? Which two? You, you two. You two could refer to three of us right now. <laughs> well, I don't, we know Papa's not where you guys are. Are you two in the same venue? 
Hold on. No. No, we're not. Uh, another, oh. another good visual gag for the oh, This is going well. <laughs> we're flying. Um, all right, Papa, have you finished your, your stand-up comedy routine? You're welcome, boys. $10 each for everyone on the pod. Back into the kitty. Thank you. Whew, I can breathe a uh, sigh of relief there that managed to not cop a uh, little clip on the way through from Papa Jiris, and you made it through pretty unscathed as well, Keeney. Well, yeah, I did, which was fortunate. I thought, Papa, that you had a bit more ammo towards uh, Manny there. You were discussing off-air about a few of the contradictions. I know you did call him a contradiction, but he did have some very specific contradictions that you uh, pointed out off-air. Did you have anything further towards Manny? or I was just sort of baffled. He One second he was telling us that running backs are no good or only at their most valuable between years one to three. Then he was telling us he's not competing for the next two years. And then he went and took Kenneth Walker. I just yeah. had no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the other, the other really good point you made that I, I thought is uh, worth sharing is that the guy's claiming that, you know, he's going to have no points. His points, his, you know, max points four is going to be really low. And your point is valid. And you said he had barely any quarterbacks all year last year and still finished sort of fifth last for points four. And you could argue his roster's better. You can stick a wide receiver in the superflex position. How is he going to have a lower points fork when he's got Davis Mills there starting for him and some A-grade talent on the bench? He's baffled me, mate. I've got no that, idea. What how does that automatically equate to pick one? I don't think it does. Well, I don't think the worst record generally gets pick one. I don't think it's one that got it the last two years, didn't it? Did it? No, I got it last year. But I th- the point is, his running backs are better. He's got a legitimate QB the whole year this year, and his wide receivers are as good, if not better, if Michael Thomas plays. I don't see how all of a sudden he goes from fifth worst to automatically pick one. This is why his name is Con Tradicting Maniopolis. <laughs> Very good. Oh Love it. <laughs> um, so we, who Hod had the lowest points for last year, didn't he? Proudly. Possible points for. So I can tell you right now, it was 1,529 was Hod's uh, possible points for. And the next closest was the, was uh, Scoot at 1,892. You were 300 points better just about than, than the next bloke. So that's uh, – and I haven't seen you add a lot to your list in the offseason. Oh, I actually added Dak and a few, so that, that will help boost that points for, but it's going to be hard to catch if that's how low a team can keep it. Uh, it's a very good point you bring up. But Manny's the one who's on the pod claiming that he's found a loophole in the league <laughs> and he's miles off, it sounds like. The only yeah. loophole he found is he's a fruit loop. And guess what? Oh, he's still got material. Oh, he's <laughs> just flying. <laughs> but, this, but this time next year, all those Taxi Squad players are coming off. That's true. Maybe not, but I think like, as if they're not. Yeah, I think the point as well. If you've got such a strong receiving core like he does, it doesn't matter what you've got on the bench. That super flex spot will naturally absorb um, the best wide receiver score on his bench. So it's going to be hard for him. But you know, he's probably not done with his team. Probably maybe got a few other aces up his sleeve. But we're not here to continue to talk about old uh, Manny's team. He had his uh, two-hour podcast last week. Another fun little side note for anyone listening at home, uh, McDonald's was closed, so he spoke for so long that he did miss out on getting dinner that night. 
So that was a bit uh, funny, but also uh, a bit stiff for him to miss out there. Um, yeah, here to talk about your list here, Papa, and it is, it's an interesting list to dissect. So that's what we're going to sit down and do here this evening. Um, just a few little fun stats about your team in the first couple of years. I reckon we'll throw to you in a second, but clearly were chips in, you know, from the first startup draft. You made it through the final in the very first year and you narrowly missed out. You read... You were JD not McKissicked on the dick, unfortunately. Another bloke was. Um, Fuck that cunt. <laughs> sorry to open up old wounds, but I can relate. I know what it feels like. Uh, so we got that in common. But uh, it's interesting. I, I actually stacked up your stats from the first year to the second year. So uh, not very different, actually. You had a record of six and seven the first year. You had a record of six and eight with the extra game in the second year. Um, expected wins, you were a little bit stronger in your first year uh, with a 46% win rate. Sorry, uh, a 55% expected win rate versus a 44% expected win rate. Strength of schedule in your first year was you had the second easiest schedule and you had the eighth hardest or fourth easiest schedule in last year. This is very similar points for. I think there's only about 40 points that separated it and very similar points again. So it just shows that almost two identical seasons, you couldn't get much closer in back-to-back seasons um, and the different set of outcomes. You were basically a couple of plays off pinching the title um, and then a few games off actually making the final last year. So with that, with, with being so close with a very similar list, talk us through a bit of your thinking of the changes that you've made to your roster this off-season. Yeah, I guess my idea was always to probably blow it up after year two. I reckon if I probably won it last year, I probably would have blown it up. Um, but I had a decision to make at the start of last year and thought, uh, do I have the cattle to go again? And I, I thought I'm probably chips in to go again. So I decided to uh, go for it. And I, I started like a house on fire last year. That's probably why my points four was so big. I think I had 170. 170, 190, and 170 or 160 or something like that. And I was flying until week five here. That's when just the drama happened. I lost Antonio Brown. I lost Saquon Barkley. I lost Daniel Jones, who was, I think, quarterback five at the time. Um, And then I lost Chris Carson, I think, the week after. I'll run. I know you got your hand up, Kenny, but are you about to reel off the scores that Papa went through? Because I've got them here in front of me. So it's very interesting you bring this up. I'll, I'll read everyone out your scores at the start of last season. 170 week one, 194 week two, 167 week three. If that didn't make you stiff in the pants, I don't know what would with a start like that to the season, but then it does drop off to 103 in week four, 125 week five. So that it definitely was a bit of a roller coaster for you there. Um, but absolutely, Jesus Christ, what a start to the season. So, again, just to clarify that I'm on the right track here, but let's go back to Con Maniopoulos, the masterminded uh, mm. league. Now, Papa, given you a 3-0 and you're firing on all cylinders, wouldn't you have thought that's a good time to blow your team up? <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought quite the opposite. My mindset was quite the opposite. I thought if I could get into the finals, I've got a team that can score 170. If I can get healthy, um, and I think if you can score one fifty and above, you're any chance. Yeah, and that that speaks to 
It depends sort of where you're at. I think if you're 3-0 and and scared of making the playoffs, then you blow it up. But if you're 3-0 and and actually want to have a crack, then you actually keep trying. Yeah, well, compared um, to but, the league, it was third highest score, highest score, highest score. Yeah, so two top top score finishes in the first three weeks. You were 3-0. and um, You got to sort of those bye weeks, divisional bye weeks at 5-3. and three, And then as you mentioned, it sort of the shit hit the fan a little bit. Um, sort of your last five weeks were pretty ordinary, which sort of deflated a few of your overall numbers, I reckon. But my question to you is sort of you went into last year saying, right, at the end of this year, I'm probably going to blow it up. I think my team's at a point where I need to blow it up at the end of this year. When you got to that point where you could see Barkley was gone, Carson was gone, Antonio Brown's left the team, all this shit's happening, was there a part of you that thought, I'd better do this now before I wait till the end of the year? Or do you think that you, you're transitioning now at the right time or do you think you went a bit late with it all? Uh, I think I probably held on to it a little bit too long. But in saying that, in the last two weeks before the end of the season where I completely gave it up, I did try and get rid of some of these players. I tried to get rid of Brady. I've got to... I tried to get rid of Kelsey and I tried to get rid of Cup, um, but I wasn't going to give give them away for nothing. I think there was a few scared teams of yours, Keeney, out there that just weren't willing to take a risk. Well, yeah. I mean, it was an interesting offer, wasn't it? Was it Pitts Pitts for Kelsey and a first? No, Pitts and a first for Kelsey. That's what you wanted. Yeah, and my reasoning behind that was, hey, Kelsey would put you in a position to win the title this year where Pitts was sort of struggling with a quarterback, how much would you want to go for that? How did Kelsey go in the playoff run, ah. just out of interest? Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah, hindsight's a beautiful thing. But oh. he... Okay. So it would have it's... put Keeney in a good position overall or not? Not in hindsight, but at the time. It's I think... a... Do you not think the age difference between Pitts and Kelsey – was enough of a difference there to boost your team, boost Keith? Like, just hypothetically right now, so obviously you did manage to deal Kelsey to uh, another bloke on this we'll podcast. To, we'll get to that. Which we'll get to in a second, but would you be happier with Pitts on your list right now with, with a position that you're taking your team to? Because I reckon if you had have kept that first out, it probably would have made it a lot more interesting for Keeney to think about. Um, would you be happier with Pitts on your list? I probably would have done that deal, but... Keeney's offer back was, no, no, the, the first round is coming back to me. So it was a pretty big difference in, in, in where we were in, in that time. So you don't you wouldn't have given up a first and Kelsey for Pitts? No, no. I wouldn't have. What if they're, oh, all right, I'm going to just try and see if we can find a middle ground here. What if it was like uh, Kelsey a first for Pitts and a third? Probably I think I still got the better deal in the, to you. Okay. It's it's um, that was a good back and forth. We just have a differing opinion there, but um, I think it's also a good discussion around how much you're willing to pay future to have a crack at winning it, and that's always difficult in the moment, and it's always you got to take a risk at some point. And that was your, uh, you know, to your credit, that was your selling angle to a lot of people. Take a risk; it could pay off for you. Um, basically saying I don't want this player anymore if I can get. Basically, give me overs because it might help you win it, which is fine, and I get it. And that's why it didn't get done, because I wasn't willing to do it. But there's um, there's a few different mindsets in terms of how you actually go about that. And and there was also a similar deal on the table for Cup at that time with uh, Matty Mack as well. He was mm. basically offering two first-rounders, and I said, mate, three first-rounders to get it done. Mm, um, interesting. And he said, no, nah, he wasn't willing to give up the third one, and he ended up going to win the ring. So yeah. yep. 
And I think I think you offered I think you offered me cup at one point for the Stafford Cup stack, which would have made things interesting. So um, you know it's interesting to look back on these type of things. But again, that uh, right at the death in that last week of trade before the um, before the deadline is a, a fascinating time. And I think as the league progresses, I think people teams are going to be more and more aggressive with actually trying to get in there. A get in there it might help them get in, but B thinking it could take them over the edge. Yeah, so I think you you closed the trade period at about 5 o'clock one Thursday afternoon, I think it was. Jake literally came to me two hours later and said, what do you want for Brady? I said, mate, the trade period closed two hours ago. <laughs> You've had the last six months. So Interesting. Um, he was also on the trade table and um, he probably would have helped someone as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think he had a QB1 finish on the season last year, didn't he? Absolutely. Not bad for a 45-year-old or whatever the fuck he is. Um, all right. but, then, but then pretty early, guys, I thought oh, my tactic coming into the offseason was try and get in early because I knew there's a handful of teams that will take these older guys um, and they won't have first-round picks very you know for, for much longer. So that was a big thing for me to try and get in early and try and get those first-round picks uh, before they were all gone and my teams that would actually take these older players would actually um, – be able to. Yeah, and I think it's a good segue to start talking about um, a few of the, the trades you've made to change up sort of that um, age demographic in your roster. And, and I think you said it putly, uh, said it beautifully in terms of... Where's Hod? Hod signed out. He's not even giving me shit for fucking, fucking up pronunciation. That <laughs> That's actually really disappointing. But you said you got to get in quick before the first go. You got in before the first appeared. Talk us through the yes. trade with Jim in the 2025 This was first. my thought too. Yeah, so it actually probably came off the back of our Aaron Jones and Josh Jacobs deal where he asked for cup in that deal. Um, and I thought, okay, Jim's got a bit of interest here and I want to get in try and get that 2025 pick as soon as possible. So let's see if I can get something done. And, you know, it didn't take that long. I went straight that in with Fields and the first rounder and I sort of said, look, you probably get the better player and I take a bit of risk, but I get younger and... He was all in after – he yeah, told me he was all in after getting Rogers and Jones' stack, and I think it was a good deal for both teams in the positioning he wanted to go in and where I wanted to sort of go in. I get a young quarterback, and um, hopefully his team's fairly – it is fairly old, and by 2025, that could be a juicy pick for me. Okay, I, uh, I love the fact that – because I reckon there were plenty of people, plenty of sharks circling around – the Stallions at one point, just wondering when that 2025 first round pick became available, would it be there for the taking? And for a very long time, Jim said, no, no, it's already, it's already up. It's already up. So you must've got in well and truly early. My question to you is just looking back at our startup draft, your first pick of the entire franchise, Saquon Barkley still sits there nice and pretty on your roster. Your second pick, Travis Kelsey, third pick, Aaron Jones, fourth pick, Cooper Cup, Fifth pick, GJ Chark's still there. Sixth pick, David Johnson, Gonski. So it's clearly a teardown from the top down of your list. How much longer can someone like Saquon Barkley, the inaugural pick of your team, how much longer is he destined to be a punisher? Uh, Asking for a he's on. He, <laughs> yeah, just wondering. He's on, he, he's on the table, um, but how good is he looking? 
how good are that rig looking that he's got at the moment? I think he's back, boys. I think he might be top five running back there, King Dog. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's always a great platform to to uh, hype up your players on the podcast. I don't know why people don't get on more often because this is the same shit I heard last year. Are we bringing back I, Saquon Watch? Is that uh, is that a thing that's coming back? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm on him a bit more this year because he was he's not as injured. Uh, in this preseason, I don't think so. The season oh, hasn't started yet. <laughs> no, if he's he's going to have a full preseason this yes. year, which is different to last year. But I think it's a valid sort of talking point in terms of uh, clearly you're going in a direction. The punishers are going in a, a different direction to what they have been in the last two years. So, what is is Saquon valuable on your team right now? Oh, he is valuable on my team right now because he represents value to another team. I think. He's probably the last piece that I got there that is value to another team. Um, and he has been involved in some trade talks in the last week for, by multiple teams, not just the one. Um, hasn't come to fruition yet, but um, I would be shocked if he's still on my team by mid year. Oh, amazing. Amazing work. I was actually just going to follow up with um, what's, what's sort of the mindset of the, the punishers going forward are you are you here to try and challenge the guru the great steve man in terms of that number one overall pick next year because as ben always say, says in dynasty if you're not first you're last so it's worth just having a crack and being shit so what where where, where are you sitting right now no no uh, that's exactly right i'm i don't i can't win it and i probably had to you know scale back my list and i've done that and I'll be going as close as I can to that number one pick. I'm not going to tank like Steph leaving Waddle on the um, on the taxi squad because I think that's just you know, poor form and leaving a roster spot. But um, no, nah, I'm not. I don't have any interest in this year. I'll, I'll sell anything but try and get as much value back. In, in I'll I will still come and get value though. If I see a player that I think can rise, like I did with um, MVS, I'll still take that opportunity. Like I did with Ridley. I know he's not scoring this year, but Troutman was another one. I see them as buying low and, you know, with the potential to go high. Just a, uh, a quick one. I'm just looking here at the <clears throat> overall changes to your list this offseason. And I noticed that TJ Hawkinson got a bit of the Zach Wilson treatment. He was a bit of in and out in your list. Yeah. Um, talk us through a bit of thinking there. Did he rise in value before he even played a snap for the Punishers? To be honest, I didn't really want to get rid of Hawkinson. Um, I like him. I think he's going to be a good tight end. He's a young tight end. But for what I got back, I just thought it was just overs. I think I, got, I think I got a really good offer back. I got um, Camo's twenty twenty five first. I got Ridley. I got Troutman, and I got and third as well. So I just thought um, it's just too good value to give up. To be honest, yeah, it's a good haul, and the Ridley one doesn't bother you because he's not playing this year, and he'll be back on your team. He's like a new recruit next year, and I yeah, think I just, I I'll think, just take a punt. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, I think it's a good good gamble to take there, and I think. More broadly, I think we should discuss the way in which you've changed your mindset. Two trades in year one, one of them was for a player, nothing. Five trades last year, three of them players, a few picks. This year, I've already already done seven trades. So I just like the way you've you've been very active. You've taken sort of the value of your top end players when it's presented. Um, and speaking of, the, the man is on the uh, podcast. We got both of you here. I want to talk about. The Tom Brady, Travis Kelsey, Dublay trade to one Benjamin Parker um, and the Park City Lions. It's a blockbuster. 
And really, to be honest and frank, the last year you could really do it before getting any value back. So talk us through, one of you, talk us through how that sort of uh, went down and and uh, what ended up happening. Yeah, it's a pretty good story, actually. So I'll tell you from my end, um, I was there was no one else bidding against you, Ben. I was just absolutely talking shit the whole time. Um, but no, 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 I'm only joking. No, I'm only joking. So... Um, I was actually in discussions with Jake a lot, basically from the time he asked for Brady um, in the all-off season, we are going back and forward. And I really wanted to package Kelsey and Brady together because I thought that's where I'd get Brady's most value out of him. Um, and it was just, you know, I, I, on draft night, I got rid of that. I made that trade with Cup and I, um, when I got rid of him. And I think Ben straight away came to me and said, hey, Brady and Kelsey, what do you think? And I said, Fuck, fantastic. I was thinking in the back. I was like, he wants to package both of them as well. So um, I thought, I said to him at the time, I said, no, nah, I'm not going to do anything tonight. And I pretended we were drunk or whatever and said, you know, yeah, don't worry about pretended. it. We'll talk about it. Pretended. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> but I just wanted to give Jake another chance at it. I know Jake wasn't there that night. So um, it sort of evolved from there. And um, it's it was a really, really interesting night. So two nights later, I think it was a Monday night, and – I was speaking with Jake and Jake's offered a trade. I said, Jake, someone else wants you, mate. You have to you have to put a trade to me. Um, and he actually went with, um, for Kelsey and Brady, it was um, Frymuth, his 2024 first, his 2024 second, and 2024 third. And I was going to give Kelsey, Brady, and a 2024 fourth. Mm. And then it was crazy because Ben's offered like two minutes later. It was like, I didn't very even say into Ben. Yeah, and he, it was basically the exact same trade with Hawkinson. Yeah, um, very similar. So, and I had Hawkinson just ahead, but, you know, I don't think there's a huge difference between Hawkinson and Frymuth. Um, and then they both literally at the same time, I went back to both and they both literally at the same time dropped the fourth that I had to give back. Um, and then I said to both of them, like, nah, it's too close still here. And then Ben dropped the two second round, uh, dropped the, the one of the thirds to a second rounder. So it was two second rounders. Um, and I sort of said, okay, hold on a second here. Um, and I sort of said to um, Jake, I said, Jake, you've got to have to beat your Frymuth two seconds and a first. Um, and he didn't get back to me till about midnight that night. And Ben put the trade through um, on sleep, but so all I had to do was accept. So I said to Jake, I said, Jake, you're going to have to beat it. He messaged me at 12 o'clock that night and said, Michael, I'm not beating that offer. Um, take, take that offer. So I'm like, I wake up in the morning, five o'clock in the morning. I said, fair enough, mate. I hardly slept that night, to be honest, because I was so sweaty and nervous. <laughs> but uh, woke up really early. I was up at like five o'clock. Couldn't sleep, thought about it. Saw Jake's message and just pulled the trigger on the trade. Interestingly enough, two nights later, I go to, I tried to offload. I wanted to get Kate Odden in and I needed to clear a roster spot. And I go to Jake, Jake, do you want AJ Green? Um, I'll just take a fourth rounder for him, like whatever. Um, he goes, fuck you, don't talk to me. I'm really pissed off at you. I said, what, what are you pissed off at me for? He goes, you didn't even give me a chance to counter the offer. Um, oh, you know, what were you doing? Like, you, that was so rude you, blah, blah, blah. I said, mate, you told me to take the offer. Like, I took a screenshot of the thing and sent it back to him. He goes, you're fucking kidding me, guys. I was out at a work function. I was absolutely blind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so, good. Yeah, it was a good one. Well, there you go. This whole time I thought you were just fucking swindling me. 
and uh, making me compete against myself. So it's good to know that I uh, outgunned a fellow division member there. That sounds it's very much like a scene from draft day. I feel a bit like Kevin Costner right now. <laughs> bit of a Sonny Weaver moment for me. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, very interesting times. I was uh, very nervous. So you went on and uh, and clearly traded AJ Green to Jim for a fourth round pick. So you also seem to be in the uh, the dealings of fourth round. <laughs> so I noticed I went through a lot of the trades that you've done. You've done seven, as Keeney pointed out, in this offseason. Uh, pretty much all for players involved, but um, a lot of them with Jim. So have you initiated a lot of those conversations or are you like another shark just sort of circling and picking your targets and your prey? No, 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 no. So me and Jim had obviously the, the Aaron Jones and um, Jacobs trade and a few players got thrown out in that as well. So Cup was one of them, which initiated the Cup trade and Latavius Murray was the other one. And after the trade, I just said, mate, if you want Latavius Murray, you can have him. I don't want a roster spot. Just give me one of any force. And he said, yeah, no problem. Same with AJ Green. I said, mate, you're obviously going for it. He's better than anything you'll get on the waiver wire. Just throw me a fourth and he's all yours. Just I just needed roster spots mm. to pick up young talent. So, yeah. No, I like it, and uh, I particularly like the story with uh, Jake. And I think there's something to having some really nice rivalries within the league. And there's nothing better, from my experience, than doing a trade that pisses a rival off. And I experienced it with my boy Dixie and Hotcast on the uh, on draft night. And you've done it again here with uh, with Jake and Ben. I love it. Yeah, now he's trying yeah, to I'll trade you a ring for Dixie. Is that what you're referring to there, Katie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ben, the bed, ben. Um, beautiful. Hey, Hod, we haven't heard from you in a while, mate. Any thoughts no, on uh, on Papa? Are you still with us? Well, I, uh, I'm very <laughs> thankful that I'm still in my compression tights because I think I've got lactic acid build up from that story, Papa. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Any chance you can just loop one of us in or just give us give us your thoughts, boys. What do you think? Just absolute tangent he went on. But no, good story, bro. <laughs> me, 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 mate. Don't worry about you. I get very limited time on the pod. Nah, nah good good on you. Uh, so you should. And nah, I, the, one of the things I did hear and pick up in the 40,000-word speech was um, that Jake calls you Michael. That's a crock of shit. He would never call you Michael. It's he, calls me, he, calls me, he calls me King Michael. King. King Richard, more like it. Sometimes dad. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but uh, not, nah, not a whole lot, boys. Carry on. <laughs> oh, on that note, look, we've, we've alluded to this with your, with your list there. You've gone with a dramatic change in the age of it. I want to... We've, I don't know if this is even interesting to people. Maybe you guys can fill me in. I like to get people to guess the age of their list where it stacks up against the league. The very uh, first year in the comp, where would you have put yourself? The oldest. I had Brady and Breeze. You were second oldest. So as much as you copped the shit for being the uh, Papa Springs, second oldest, but not by much. 29 average age there. Last year, where would you have yourself? I would have been up there as well, maybe second oldest again, I'd say. No, you went to oldest, but you actually reduced in age but became the oldest team. And then with all of these off-season dealings, where have you got yourself sitting now as an age of the list? I've still got some old players on there. I've still got T.Y. Hilton and Hmm. 
um, who might not be there for too much longer. <laughs> um, maybe sixth, seventh? Very close. Fifth overall, so the fifth uh, oldest team, if you will. But that you, you touched on it there. Why in the fuck are you still holding T.Y. Hilton on your list when you're clearly doing the things that you're doing? Talk us through this thinking. Well, he might sign as a team and I might be able to get a fourth rounder yeah. off Jim. Correct. No one wants him. Just let it go, mate. Let it go. Yeah, cut, cut it. Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> oh, shit. We're doing another Dark Stallion segment with Keeney. Can um, I just jump in there? Because this is res- this resembles the op- episode with Jim where you were just telling Jim to drop Gronk. He drops him and then you go pick him up, Keeney, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I didn't do it right away. I let everyone else have three days to pick him up and no one did. So I thought, okay, I will. Well, you're thinking Terence Yates is going somewhere, Papa, and Kenny might have a double. Oh, Kenny loves a dabble. Goodness gracious. Look, it's not hard for you to drop your uh, the average age of your list from the oldest to the fifth oldest team by simply uh, getting rid of Brady and picking up fields. Just those transactions alone. You went from an average age in your QB room of 32.85 to 25. How's that for a bit of a change in age there? Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. I love a man with a plan. I think it's. I think it's going on. I think Pappas had one of the more underrated off seasons, to be honest, in terms of uh, moving his team in the right direction. But it would be remiss if I didn't recap on last year. At this time last year, twelve months ago, you had a big sookie sookie la la about us calling you Mister Number Nine because that's where everyone had you in the ranks and the polls and whatnot. And lo and behold, you you did finish ninth, which was. Amazing. One of the greatest things of all time. But how do you reflect on last year? Do you see it as a failure? Or what's your overarching feeling about how you went last year, number nine? <laughs> Who are you talking to? It's only one number nine here, mate. Nah, like, as I said to you before, like, my scores early on showed that I had the team to compete last year. And I lost Barkley. I lost um, Brown. I lost... Um, Daniel Jones for a fair bit. Carson did his neck. That, that, that's four players. I, I was, I, I know I kept harping on about it, but there was times there where I was having 10, 12 players out of my whole list that were out. I think there was one week where I had one player that I started in week one that played. Uh, uh, I thought you had a bit more to go there, mate. But um, <laughs> the- I, was, I was waiting to pass the tissues around, to be honest. Gee whiz. No, I'm, what a I'm, sook fest. I'm just upset. No, it is what it is. It is what it is. And that's why I sort of held on it for so long because I was still around for the trying to make the playoffs and I was still in the race with three, four weeks left and I just couldn't get healthy. So I knew if I got healthy and snuck in there, I, I could be dangerous in there. What, what, what I can share about the projections, Papa, is depth does come into it. So... There was you did have a top end a nice top end list, but there wasn't a lot behind it, and you got unlucky. So the the number nine, in case you forgot, is you, and will always be you. Thank you, number nine. <laughs> On your sex pest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, since you had a bit of a plan here, let's run through. Keeney, do you want to reel off the draft picks that this man owns? Because it's a it's a very fascinating. Uh, Stat here. Yeah, well, some would call it a pleth. 
of draft picks. Um, I'm certainly in that camp. Um, you've got uh, you've got a, quite a few. Papa. Yeah, I do. Um, you got Yeah, I think uh, my, my sort of understanding is I think to get players, you have to well, – decent players, you probably have to overpay. Mm. And I'm, so I'm going to just – I'll stack some picks there and I've got options. And I, 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 I had a lot of – as soon as I started acquiring those 2025 picks, I had a lot of people saying, hey, do you want to take a 2025 off me for this so I can sort of um, smash a draft? And I, I've probably got a bit of a different feeling to that. I, I want to – spread it out over the few years so I don't get sucked into having to take someone at a certain draft. So the anti-Manny, I like it. Yeah, you don't uh, like but, a draft stack by the sounds of it. And let's, uh, let's ignore the thirds and fourths, even though there's some who listen that really rate thirds and fourths, so apologies to Jim. But hey. in terms of uh, your first and seconds over the next three years, you got seven first-round picks, of which four in the 2025 draft. And five second round picks. So that is a very healthy position to be in from a draft capital point of view. And Ben notes here that the only pick of your own that you don't hold is a 2023 fourth. So I think when you're trying to go into that phase of rebuilding, the importance of actually holding your own picks is paramount uh, because it's sort of, if you go shit, well, then you get rewarded for it and you don't have to cop someone else using your pick. Yeah, that was definitely, definitely a plan of mine. Um, to try and keep my picks wherever I could. And I think I've got some good picks as well in there. So I've got, you know, next year I've got my pick, which, you know, my team's not that strong. So it's going to be a, a pretty good, probably a lottery pick. And then I've got 2024. And this is, I've got my pick again, which is probably going to be a lottery again. And I've got Scoots, which will be the number one pick. Do you remember how you got that? I was looking I, at it today. Yeah, I do remember how I got that. I got my second back. That's how I moved back a draft. And I got I got my second back. To get that pick, to put that twenty twenty four pick, which was really important, and you traded my twenty twenty three first. Exactly right. So yeah, I moved back a year, but I got my twenty twenty two pick, which was really important to me because I knew I'd be rebuilding in twenty twenty four. Not to mention, you got rid of a first round pick of a bloke who's trying his absolute hardest to finish at the twelfth overall spot for a bloke who's trying to finish at the one or two spot. Fantastic. Yeah. It's a good. It's a good spot to be in. I I think off the back of sort of all these draft picks and the way you've, you know, changed the average age of your list and all that sort of thing. I think it's, um, I wanted to ask you sort of your mindset around um, using those picks as assets. And I think you touched on it earlier around, if you get a decent enough deal, you're, you're more than willing to pull the trigger and, and buy some players at some decent value. But um, from what I can see, the first two years, you haven't really had a go at the draft. Like you've, you've so you've taken Tony, I'll, I'll give you that. You've taken Kadarius Tony. It's a nice pick. Outside of him, you haven't really had a pick in the, in the top two rounds, really. So are you are you looking to take those picks to the draft, do you think, or do you just think you'll see what happens and you're willing to buy players as you go? Yeah, I think my mindset sort of years one and two was that I was competing. So I was trying to trade that route away those picks and I got into a position where Breeze was gone. So I needed a quarterback and I didn't want to overpay by giving up my 2023 or 2024 pick. So I was able to get Daniel Jones off you and only gave up one first rounder for him. Um, so... I think moving forward, I'm just going to be really open. Um, I, I'm happy to take my picks to the draft and pick a player, but if the right opportunity comes through where I think I can get value and value is sort of what I'm looking at right now, um, I will. I think that makes a lot of sense. Really, the the anti-Manny again coming through. So basically everything Manny does, you're the opposite of. So a nice uh, contrast from pods two and three for this season. I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. Any uh, final thoughts or parting uh, 
clips that you want to have on the way here, Papa? I think I've given all my clips, haven't I? Well, yeah, well, I it was. Chart, it, I didn't know if you had any more up your sleeve, to be honest. It was done in a very sort of formal way, I thought, in terms of how stand-up can be. It was very one after the other. And I did like the one-liner sort of approach. I, if The next guests that come on, if you can have a few gags ready to go, that would be really helpful. I've got one more f- question for you, Papa, before we finish off. And it came to – was, it was brought to my attention last night, actually, that um, there's rumours circulating the earth that you spend $60 on a weekly shop can you talk us through this? Are you are you a ten year old child that eats roll ups and the snacks and Sunny Boys? What is going on? How do you get through a week of sixty dollars at Woolworths? The first tip I'll give you is don't go to Woolworths. It's all about Aldi. Save some money. It's tough times out there. Interest rates are high. Not a sponsor. Uh, not a sponsor. Should be a sponsor. Um, but. That's just, it is what it is. I don't know. I can't explain it, guys. I spend between $60 to $80 a week. And now, that's, how, that's house, household. We're talking for two people, 60 bucks. For me, for me and the missus. She uh, can that's, cook some very tasty food. That is there needs to be further investigation here. They can't just say that's just what it is. What are, you, what are you buying? Like, how can you get through lunch, dinner, breakfast? So, breakfast for me is a coffee. So, I'll eat coffee. I'll have a coffee in the morning and then I'll have a coffee at work. Lunch, I have tuna and rice every day, so I'd normally buy that in bulk, so it's nice and quick and cheap. Um, and the tuna I get is from Aldi, $2 tuna. It's exactly like Serena. Should be a sponsor. Um, and then dinner, the missus cooks up something lovely. She, you know, makes a nice meal. I put it on the group with our boys for a whole week. Fuck, you'd be hungry at dinner. On uh, Look, boys, I never thought I'd say this. We've gone from the worst segment of all time to Papa, This Is Your Life. Who gives a flying fuck what he eats? He's got a stapled stomach that he spent tens of thousands of dollars on, and now he eats rations for dinner. You should We just got a snippet of the tubs, and that's I've seen it. It's a ration diet. He had three bok choy leaves last night, and... Half a kid's bowl of some slop that looked like minced meat. <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was a bit of a nasty goring. It was a bit of rice, a bit of chicken, a bit of mushroom. It was fantastic. The missus knows how to cook. As I said, staple diet for an infant. That's how you spend sixty dollars a week. Goodness oh, gracious! You can introduce the word slop on a podcast. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll straighten this up just before we get off here. Uh, mate, what are your predictions for 2022? Give us a winner and give us a uh, dark horse. I think my winner is a dark horse. Okay, um, go the Dublé. I'm going to tell you who's going to be the final. I think it's going to be – I think you're going to go back to the final, Ben. Sorry, uh, I Kenny. Like I don't think you're going to get there. Um, I think Ben is going to lose in the final to Jim. <laughs> I think Jim's got a great team there. He's He's loaded. Um, he's got Rogers. He's got Hertz. He'll be a top five. He's got Cup. He 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 he's a he's a big dark horse. I, I'm predicting him to win it, my boy Jimmer. Papa, he's got no more picks to give you, mate. Stop buttering him up. <laughs> you've, sucked, nah. you've sucked him dry, mate. This is no buttering up. He's got Aaron Jones. He's got Cup. He's he's primed for a big year, Jimbo, and he will he'll he'll get up. I'm going to make sure he gets up. I'm going to call him at two o'clock in the morning. 
Papa wouldn't know what butter is. It's not in his fridge. <laughs> All right, so good to know Margarine. that you're going to live this season. Noodle X. <laughs> live this season as a proxy through Jim. I'll tell you what, Hod, Hod's been a little bit, uh, he's been a bit subdued on this podcast and I've it's never seen good. him fire up more than uh, when we started to talk about old Papa's uh, <laughs> weekly shop here. So I thought, why not uh, also get a bit of fire out of the bloke by finishing off with another classic segment? No, no don't do it. Don't ideas, do it. All right, I got a situation. That's why Dad calls him the Ideas Man. All right, question. He has lots of ideas. So you're out in the wilderness. You are an Ideas Man. 100%. All right, boys, get ready for our new Ideas Man segment. Stop it. Something that has come to mind is why establishments when they have multiple servers they don't have a snake kind of queue because you can get stuck behind a server who's really slow and the other one's really quick needs to change in society (laughs) give us your thoughts on that papa what do you think about uh Establishments not going with the uh, snake queue, or was it going with the snake queue? I I lost. Yeah. Fuck Defino, that is fucking stupid. Has when was the last time he left his house? Did, don't they do that? Like if you're in a queue behind a slow till and someone says next, please, you just fucking go over, don't you? I'm not giving this any time of day. He's shops. saying if both queues are full and this one's going quicker than the the left one. Is that what he's trying to say? I have no idea how the snake queue works. No. How the fuck would I know? Hod? Hod. How can an airhead have to pause for two seconds before he then has to think about some other dribble that he's just gone on about snakes and ladders? Who gives a shit? I like, uh, it sounded like he was preening his hair with a hairdryer as he gave that thought in the background there. At least he didn't have a loogie this week. <laughs> small, small gains. Oh, that is fastly becoming my favourite segment on this podcast and it is absolutely cementing its spot as a mainstay. Thank you very much, Ideas Man. We love the uh, we love the thoughts and keep them coming. I'm sure as you have these thoughts throughout the week about your snaking lines and cues in establishments. I look forward to the next one, mate. It was uh, great to have you on this week, Papa. Very very insightful thoughts. Very very uh, topical in terms of you didn't really miss anyone in the league. I feel like you were very inclusive this week and uh, you've given a little bit for everyone there. So thanks again for jumping on. Nah, thanks for having me, boys. But fuck me, 10 o'clock, I'm going to be one grumpy boy tomorrow. You'll be hungry, that's for sure. Sure will. Thanks for coming on, Papa. I thought you uh, you came on. You brought a bit of fire, a bit of Charlie's Angels about your full throttle. And I tell you, next week, Ben, we already have... <laughs> We already have our league member locked away Ooh, for next it. Tuesday night. It's going to be a regular Tuesday sesh for us going forward. And uh, talk about gift of the gab. This man's one of the finest. So looking forward to it. That better not be Mayhar Gay for that next guest because Jesus Christ. Mate, He's lost it, mate. He's not in the league. 
speaking of Jesus Christ, I've just I've just had a little epiphany that you might spend 60 large on your weekly groceries, Papa, but I just saw your titties and you must be going nuts in the work office. <laughs> what a handful. We need this on YouTube. <laughs> this And the ratings would be through the roof. But um, no, look, I thoroughly enjoyed having you on, mate. I think we all did and the listeners will agree. I was a little concerned when you read your stand-up routine straight off the teleprompter, I didn't think you'd have much material to answer our uh, questions on the fly, but I thought you were very measured, very calculated, like Keeney said, a man with a plan, and I think you're executing it pretty well. So very, very enjoyable. Loved having you on, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. You would uh, be better off having me on the YouTube because oh, well, I'll be on TV. <laughs> on that note, podcast over and out. The Cougar Correspondent.